it's episode 307 of This Is Whole Life, and it's going to confuse you. Maybe. I don't know. Will it, do you think? I didn't know. What, what's confusing? Well, you know, this week we're in the middle of, well, not in the middle yet. We're still in the first, what? Uh, first third, because this is number four. So we're, well, we just passed the third waypoint, but we're in four. So, you know, yeah, we're a little bit past that anyway of our Ten Commandments right. series called The Law and The Law at Work. And love at work, law at work. I see now. now <laughs> Ellie's, Ellie's got me. Ellie's got me going now. Um, but love at work, representing the law, and the rest of the resurrection. And I, I really appreciated that title. That was, uh, I, that was, that was fun. The reason that I say that you might be confused is I think that even if all the people listening to this this episode right now are Adventists, I still think there's confusion okay. because I think everybody thinks. I don't know that anyone agrees on anything on the Sabbath, to be honest. What, what's, really? What, what's right to do? What's wrong oh. to do? Is it— So we're going to get into that discussion of what's, 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 okay, it, what's okay and well, what's not okay. Well, because I think there's, there, has to be some, there has to be some background to that, not for your message. If you, if you go watch the Easter program, be prepared to just sit back and be completely immersed in worship. What, a, what an amazing—first service, second service— uh, it's on the website, wholelife.church. You can watch it right there. What an amazing service and worship experience that we were given. And well, we weren't, it was just worked so hard for the Holy Spirit blessed without a doubt during both services. But Friday night, before we even got to the message, we have a little known thing around here called Twitch. <laughs> and it's even little more no. What's even less well known than Twitch is something called the Loop <laughs> on Twitch. <laughs> on Twitch, once it's a month, known by about three people. <laughs> yeah, I think it was known by nineteen people at its at the at the zenith, at its zenith of its. Uh, of its last, uh, I think this Friday night it was known by what four people. Yeah, it's hard to say. There was twelve total, but you don't know how many. the The, the numbers didn't seem to work out when I was watching the real time, and then at the end, it's like, wait a minute. Where I'm not on there, and I was logged well, in. Well, maybe that's successful. I don't know. I mean, how many people are on Twitch? You know, so maybe well, the percentages are good. I well, mean. if you're in a if you're in a, if you're, if you're in a hot tub in your bathing suit, there's a lot of people on Twitch. <laughs> we weren't. Should, we we weren't. weren't. So that's our fault. And I really think that's I told, our fault. I told Stanley. I said, you know, maybe we should talk to Ken about investing in one, and we could all get in our bathing suits because if the number one, like, if you just go Twitch and go. What is searched for on Twitch? Type that into Google, and hot tub is one of the keywords that comes up because so many people, for whatever reason, broadcast from their hot tub. I've wanted to have a hot tub at my house, so maybe this is my way of uh, you could expense it. it, All right, John Monday, if you are listening, what Ken needs is uh, how many do we have usually each week in studio? About ten, so we need a twelve-person hot tub in case of guests, and we need water. When able, we need some waterproof audio gear, and I think we'll start doing the loop from there. So we went from. From what to do on the Sabbath to right, hot, to hot oh, tubs. So there we go. And during this, con- just trying to bring you back. By the way, Randy, he's trying to save us both. So <laughs> I'm trying to give you extra minutes. Yeah, well, I, you're doing uh, a great you, job. You appreciate that, don't yeah. you? So the point was at the loop. The discussion came up about Easter, and then came up about the Sabbath. And somebody typed a question and sent it to the group, and that person might be me. Okay, and it was about the Sabbath and Sabbath rest and Jesus in his at the at the crucifixion, you know, was do you think it was purposeful? Yeah. Or was it meaningful? Was it the same day even 
that God rested on the seventh day during creation week. Mm-hmm. I personally happen to believe that. A couple of years ago, I was reading through a Bible plan, and it didn't actually spell it out, but the way in which it sent you through the verses, it just was like, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I'd never thought about mm-hmm. it that way before, but because a lot of people say, well, the fourth commandment doesn't mean anything because that was that's part of Moses' law. And it was given to the Israelites, so that's not really it's not really for us. Mm. And I would contend that it is. It, it's it was given at creation as a way to, if we would follow what Jesus does, right? He's our example. Well, we're following God, so that can't be any worse. And so, and Professor Professor Howell dis- yeah. disagreed with me. That's okay. That was definitely you know okay. And he was like, I, I I'm not sure that that's. We should have had him come on the show today and see if if the sermon changed his viewpoint at all or whether he still has the same one. Because, you know, in this show we talked about, uh, he said he wasn't sure that it really mattered. And actually, we had a good parking lot discussion afterwards. And, 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 (laughs) yeah, we had a a really good conversation. So it was really fun. So, like I said, I won't speak for him, but it was was a fun conversation. And that's one of the things I, I think I value so much about whole life is that, Diversity of opinions and ideas, and and really smart people who have really different oh, yeah. ideas, and it's just fun to be able to have those conversations. Uh, not so that you can change somebody else's mind, but so that you can learn and grow. And, and you know, every once in a while, somebody's mind will change a little bit on something. But to me, the point is the discussion. It's the intellectual journey that I think that God created us to want to know and to want to understand and and so we can do that together so it was a fun it was a fun discussion it was a fun discussion jeff what do you think about that do you think that was that that was a specific on purpose jesus rested on the sabbath just like god rested and that that means something you mean just like jesus rested when after he got done creating the uh the world well he did same yeah Yeah. Yeah. same same right i mean yeah i think you have to look at it from what uh, you know? What God wants to do for humanity, I really do. I think, I, I think I see the Sabbath as being such an integral part of, you know, m- not only my life but my family's life and how we look at rest and how we see these things. And why wouldn't God want to you know have that for humanity? But the other side to that is is that sometimes we use this to form you know, in a sense, separation. We mm, use it yeah. to create differences. And I think that part can be a problem. Um, yeah, if we're not allowing Danny and I to disagree and yeah. each have our opinion, then it's inevitably going to do more harm than good if we have to go to a spot where we're going to knock down, drag out until someone is going to relent and yeah. nobody's going to relent. Uh, someone's going to be left with a black eye or hard feelings, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it. it's it's sort of sad that we've got the life of Christ and the Gospels talking about how, you know, how, he, I mean, literally, yes, he obeyed the Sabbath. He also, in the, the Pharisees' minds would say, he broke. He, the he broke Sabbath. the Sabbath. Yeah. So you know how That's interesting. You know, too. how do we look at that? So and yeah. the Gospels go out of their way to point that, that out. Point that I mean, out. they go way yeah. out of their way to say, you know, <laughs> Jesus cut the Sabbath, but look at how it appeared to the people in his time that he was yeah. breaking the Sabbath by doing these different things. You know, it's one of the reasons that the uh, the Jewish leaders were not particularly fond of him, as he wasn't teaching a strict interpretation of the Sabbath the way that they wanted it. Um, to be done. So how does that work with not causing somebody to stumble? That was the Pharisees probably primarily, but even if it was the people that were looking at this going, 
well, he's taking too many steps. He healed on yeah. the Sabbath. He did, you know, broke all of the however many hundred rules there were. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that that's such a good question. And what I often hear is like, that's. It's funny to me how it's the mature Christians who are often the ones that that You're worried about that, are, that we're worried about them stumbling, right? They're like, yeah. "Well, you might cause somebody to stumble," and it's like, "Well, you've been the one who's been a Christian for a long time, so you're saying I'm going to make you stumble." No, no, no. It's but here's the thing that I think we ought to notice about Jesus. Jesus was never afraid of doing the right thing, um, yeah. and he was never afraid of. And one of the things that he pointed out to the Pharisees when they were challenging him on this topic was that they were putting burdens. Yeah. And, and, and so that's one of the things I think we have to be careful with when we talk about, because this, this is often what will come up when we start talking about people and strict interpretations of keeping the law, and, and when it, we start getting into the micro-science of, of law-keeping, <laughs> is that people will say, well, you don't want to be a stumbling block when, you know, if somebody sees you, you know— you know, drink out of a, you know, a Slurpee. They don't know whether or not you've poured Ooh, something, something in there. there. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's some, you know, stuff like this. And it's like, well, okay, but can we can we also talk about this, that sometimes um, the biggest stumbling block that we put into people's way is the rules mm, yeah. that we are trying to enforce that God never had any intention of trying to have people enforce. And that can be a stumbling block, too. And what I think that the Pharisees had done in Jesus' days, they'd made the Sabbath just a pure misery to oh, keep, yeah, and yeah. It, and they'd lost the point that the Sabbath was was there for human the humanity's benefit, not for the Sabbath's benefit, benefit or even really God's benefit, but it's there for humanity's benefit. And so when Jesus goes and quote-unquote breaks the Sabbath— what we see him doing is is removing barriers that were causing people to stumble, that were causing people to have a hard time connecting with God. And so I think that that we should never be in the business of putting stumbling blocks in people's way, but I do think we should be in the business of taking them out of the way, to getting the barriers out of the way that cause people to not be able to access God easily. And that's what we see Jesus doing when it comes to the Sabbath repeatedly in the Gospels, is he, he removes barriers— from people truly keeping the Sabbath. He takes out the the things that get in the way of them truly connecting with God versus following a set of, of prescribed rituals and tradition. Yeah, I think when you hear people say the stumbling block issue, I think that's just leverage that they're trying to use <laughs> to to create a sense of I I need you to do it the way I you know I've asked I you think to do it or I think it should be, done, be yeah. done. And I think, you know, it's a great illustration. Ken, you're you're right. I think that there is this idea uh that we have almost the same as what I mean, Israel back in Christ's time was so concerned about, you know, having God look at them in a way that gets them out from underneath the thumb of Rome, of Rome. <laughs> yeah, and and so if this was you know if this was going to be a way for us to come together and all of us agree on how to obey the Sabbath, here's the hedge we're going to put around that law, so that we can eventually be in a sense away from Roman, the Roman Empire, Roman tyranny, or any. I mean that's sort of the way we've always thought of it, and I think we just do the same thing. We yeah. create Sabbath. As a you know, in a sense, we have to obey this. Otherwise, you know, we we put salvation on it. We put oh, uh, yeah. we put exclusive remnant theology on it, and and I think it uh, I think it takes away from again what the Sabbath was what actually was made for. Yeah. 
Well, I, that's why I love me personally. I grew up Adventist, born Advent into an Adventist family, grew up with it, didn't care for it, particularly the Sabbath, because that was no fun time. And so, you know, I the Sabbath has never really held anything personally for me for a long time. And it was really this realization that made me want to see or helped me to see the Sabbath and made me want to enjoy my Sabbath for whatever was going to be there that day. Instead of going, well, you know, I can't do this, I can't do this. You know, God, what do I need for the Sabbath? What does my family need? And if that is this for this week, we're going to the beach, let's do it, let's enjoy nature, let's look at it. If it's laying on the couch and watching The Chosen because we're all so beat we can't move and we just we we did takeout on the way home and we sat and we're watching Chosen and we're we're taking a couple hours to just veg together because that's what this week looks like. I think the freedom of knowing that this was something that's always been in place with God for us. And I think when you you said, and I, I meant to write it down and I did and I forgot, but basically that God didn't ask us to do anything after he created us. He instead invited us to rest first. And that was, that was a, a thought that I hadn't put really put mm-hmm. together and, and thought about, but that is countercultural probably throughout history, but maybe never more so important, something that we could realize and maybe help lower things down a little bit that, you know, you look back at your grandparents and your parents were like, well, we have to have the house clean. We have to have all the meals cooked. We have to have, you know, all this stuff done and the yard needs to be just right. And, you know, you got to be ready for Sabbath. And he's going, that's a little bit overkill, isn't it? And then you go, well, now I can see kind of why, but I just, I think it opens up the Sabbath to people that only know it as the fourth commandment and then wonder, and some will wonder like, why is that there? Because it doesn't fit with the rest of them. And we don't seem to do it for most people. It's not something we do anything with. Yeah, the you know the other nine commandments, like across Christendom, there's a, there's a pretty <laughs> yeah. pretty good agreement that the other nine are important that <laughs> and, we ought yeah. to be doing them. And it's only the you know so when you talk about having the nail the the law nailed to the cross and and all that sort of thing, usually the only reason we're having that discussion is so that we can go ahead and talk about the fourth commandment not being relevant. <laughs> yeah. Um, because nobody you know you don't hear a whole lot of people out there saying that you know murder is okay or that right. that having other gods is okay or that. You know, you know, wanting other people's stuff is okay. It's just this fourth commandment that we tend to want to have nailed to the cross. And and the and what Jesus said was that he did not come to destroy the law, but he came to. And I'm going to paraphrase it. They came to elevate it. Ooh. And that Jesus said that no part of the law would be done away with until it had served its purpose. And again, I'm paraphrasing. And, and the question that I think we have to ask ourselves is, are we saved by keeping the law? Absolutely not. We're saved by knowing Jesus. We're saved by, by his perfect sacrifice. We're saved by his grace. And we, when we have faith that, that, that that's all it is, that's, that's how we're saved. And so the question becomes, then, what, what does the law play into anything? Are we saved by it? No, we're not saved by doing it. The question becomes, how does the law benefit our life? Yeah. Right, and the question is: Do you keep the law because you're looking for salvation, or because you realize you have a Creator that that gave you a bunch of information that will help you, that will help you live a better, more full life? 
Is it okay yeah. if you start with <laughs> salvation and you work towards the other? <laughs> I mean, yeah. do you start well, but with But don't you think that yeah, that's exactly where we start? <laughs> like 90% of it is like I need salvation and 10% is I think there's maybe some other thing I'm supposed to do and then it's baby steps and we keep growing well, and, as you and make as that... you get to know Jesus better and better it starts to make more and more sense why he asked the mm. things that he asks of us and it's like oh yeah so that's why that's pretty helpful and that's why I ought yeah. to be doing this and at first it doesn't make sense but like any other relationship, the longer you're in it, the more you know that person, the more you trust them, and the more you believe that when they, if if they're a trustworthy person, they, the more you trust them. <laughs> yeah. But the more you're willing to do the things they ask, because you you're like, okay, yeah, that that person has my best interest at heart, and they're 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 saying these things, and and the question becomes: Is the Sabbath outlived its usefulness? Do we need it anymore? Is it does it have a purpose? And and when I look at the Sabbath, I think it has not outlived its usefulness. Mm. I think that in a world that we live in, it's particularly relevant to us today. And the question then becomes after that, well, does it really matter what day that you do it on? Right. And for me, that question comes down a little bit to the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the, in the Garden of Eden. Jesus, God told Adam and Eve, he said, look, um, you can eat from every tree in the garden except for this one. Don't eat from this one. And in the day that you do, you'll die. And so Adam and Eve had an opportunity to, to trust God or not trust God. And But there was when I look at that, that command that God gave to Adam and Eve, there's absolutely no logical reason behind it. I mean, why that one tree? Yeah. Why even put it, the stumbling block that's, there? And that's, yeah, and that's the thing is like every other—that tree looked like every other tree in the garden. There was no—there was nothing that was like—it wasn't like, you know, glowing some weird color that, you know, <laughs> that was like, oh, yeah, clearly something's not right here. It was—it yeah. looked—the fruit looked the same. It looked— it looked good. It looked fine. The yeah. only reason to do it the way that God asked to do it was because God had asked them to do that that way. And so when people say to me, well, why the seventh day? You know, we can go ahead and we can say, well, it's because God created the earth in six days, and so we're celebrating that day of rest. We can say that all of that stuff, or we can just say, well, that's the day God asked for. Yeah. So because that, and because I don't see anywhere where God asked for something different, I'm going to go ahead and do that because I trust God, and I don't always have to understand his rationale for why he asks what he asks, and I just trust him on this. And so for me, that's what the Seventh-day Sabbath comes down to. It's when you look at the Fourth and Four Commandments, it's really clear. Six days shall the Lord, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. And it's, you know, again, some, some people will say to me, oh, Ken, how do you even know— What day of the week You know, was. what day—and and the easiest way for me, if you really want to logic it out, is just ask yourself, what day of the week do Jewish people worship on? And Because they've been pretty careful to keep that commandment but now since— But now you've tied since, it back. You've, huh? you've tied it back to the, the Jewish people. You've tied it back to— I've just tied it back to a relevant way of knowing what day of the week it is. Yeah. That's it. No. Because but that's, that's the secondary argument. Then it's like, well, if it's not, if it's not again uh, part of jo- uh, Joseph's, law. <laughs> if it's not part of <laughs> Moses', Moses law, law. a little you. tired today, <laughs> a little, uh, it, you know, then it's you know that's just nailed to the cross and yeah, in the same way. And there's a thousand ways you can you, you can go back and forth and 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 think of that way. But I still think it's beautiful. I've had people say, I've never thought about it that way. And if you think about it that way, it's kind of beautiful that God invites you to yeah. rest. And that's something that he, like the invitation part, I guess, is what really, for me, made it seem like, remember the Sabbath day, like, oh, hey, remember that invitation? I, I, I you know, I, I did this, and this is something I did specifically, specifically for you because I knew how much you needed it. 
And then when the more you embrace that part of it, you go, wow, that was totally what I needed. And it's still what I need. Then the next part is, well, how come everyone else is getting it wrong and you're the only ones getting it right? <laughs> and that's a question where it's like, at least for me, I've just, you know, I've had, I've had coworkers who've read books where people are on fire for eternity and they were published by the Adventist Review and Herald and they're like, this is a Adventist book, isn't it? <laughs> yes. It was printed in 1940-something, 30-something. I don't remember. Highlight what you think is real in this. Oh, boy. And then what about the Sabbath? And, you know, and I'm like, look, I can just give you everything I know and then I can give you what I feel about it. All the things that I knew, I mean, you can talk about the catechism, you can talk about all these different pieces and yeah. parts and historically, and that didn't do anything, but I'm like, this is why I do it personally. And you know, I might be a bad Venice, but this is how I do it. And like, no, that's, that's, I, I, I can get on board with that. But now what, what, what if I don't do it? And it's like, well, that's not, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm not God. And I mean, does this ever become, because this is the part that always comes with the Sabbath rest and the Sabbath conversation is, is, is keeping this, is keeping the Sabbath salvonic? I would say no. Um, I don't think it's, uh, it's an issue about salvation. I think it's an issue, I think it would go to uh, where Ken's going with a couple of minutes ago, is this understanding of loyalty um there was a lot of in the in the Roman Empire when you know after, soon after Christ there was a lot of Christians who were considered by the Romans just to be Jews they were not they were not looked at as Christian they were looked at it as just hybrid Jews okay. and there were a lot of different types there was Jewish zealots there was Jewish and so there was this idea of well our how are we going to and that you know we you can study that and that is the fact that there were christians who were saying how do we differentiate ourselves from jews yeah. so i think there was this idea of creating a, a a specific look at how to see the days as being an exclusive maybe a somewhat separate way of identifying yourself and so that terminology or that kind of thinking of a day is going to identify me, mm -hmm. I think that's carried on. And that's why I think, you know, I think it is an issue of those pieces. Today we don't see it quite the same way, but that's in a sense there was this historic understanding of the day in which you worship is identifying you. Hmm. And that creates that, I think, separation. Okay. Ken? So, so for me, you said, is it, you, you basically said, is the Sabbath salvific? Mm -hmm. I mean, is it something that you have to do to be saved? And the question, the answer <laughs> is, is it the wrong it, question? The, no, the question is, it depends. Okay. It depends. Like, there, um, <laughs> the seven, it's interesting. The Seventh day Adventist founders were very firm about the Sabbath being a very important point, right? Yeah. Very important. And yet the Seventh-day Adventist founders were also very clear that there are a lot of people that that did not see things that way, that they did not think were lost. Yeah. And so that's an important thing to understand. For instance, one of our founders, Ellen White, she mentions that Martin Luther, the great reformer, was aware of the Sabbath, but he never did anything with it. Right. 
but she also indicates that she doesn't think that he's lost over it. Yeah. So that's that's one. And so the point that I would make with it is we often get it into, will this make me be saved or will this make me, me be lost? And the question I think that's better to be asked is, am I doing what I believe God wants me to be doing? Mm, yep. Am I doing what I believe God is wanting me to do? Because that is, to me, the salvific question. The salvific question is my way or God's way. My way, the Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man in his own <laughs> mind that leads to death. Yeah. That's my way. God's way is the way that I want to be headed. Now, have I ever messed up doing things the way that I think God wanted to? Of course yeah. I have. But the point is, the question in my mind is, is this something God wants me to be doing, or is this something that God doesn't want me to be doing? And, and the Bible's clear about this. Obedience matters to God. It does. It, obedience matters. And so when God asks us to do things, like God asked Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to do something, yeah. they decide to go in a different direction. And God says, hey, you can go in your own direction if you want to. The problem is is that when you do that, it leads in a bad, it leads in a different direction than me. And the Bible tells us that, that in Jesus is life, and without him there isn't life. And so when we choose to move away from Jesus, we're moving away from life, not because he wants to move away from us, but because that's what we're choosing. We're choosing, yeah. And so when it comes to keeping the Sabbath, you know, we had some, we have, we have some fantastic friends that we did um, a Friday night small group study with for, for probably two years. They weren't Seventh-day Adventists. And we studied just about everything you can possibly study together with this this group of people. And I say small group, we'd have 25, 30 people together. It was a bunch of young adults. We were having a blast. And some of them were Seventh-day Adventists, and, and a lot of them weren't. And one of the things that we did um, is we we talked about the Sabbath. We went through and studied it together. You know what? My good friends to this day don't see it the same way I do. Do I think they're lost? I don't. I don't. I don't feel like that's something for whatever reason that God has called them to do. Yeah. And what I do know about them is that they love Jesus. Right. And that they want to do what Jesus wants them to be doing. And so I feel confident that if there ever comes a time that they believe that's what God's calling them to do, they'll do it. They would, yeah. If that's what God... And so that's the question that I think everything else comes down to. What I what really worries me about in Adventism, Seventh-day Adventism in particular, is this fixation on Sabbath to the point that we miss loving people. Oh, yeah. And, and we honestly, frankly, miss the point of doing the things the way God wants us to do them. And and we're more preoccupied with checking a box, with keeping a commandment by the letter of the law, than understanding what the spirit of the law is, and understanding where Jesus is really trying to transform our lives. And and that is to me what true obedience to Jesus is. Obedience is going wherever he fo- wherever he leads, following him wherever that is. And when we don't teach, when we pe- teach people to follow rules instead of know a person, Jesus. When we fail to teach people how to actually know Jesus and to listen to him and to pay attention to how he's leading them, we are not helping people. No, we're no, we're not no. helping them, and so for me, there becomes a uh, going back to one of the earlier commandments. We start we start creating the Sabbath as a god, 
It's an idol. It's something that we're worshiping as opposed to the, the giver that has given it to us. And this is coming from somebody—I love the Sabbath. I, I think it's fantastic. I think it, it's—I do believe in the seventh-day Sabbath very much. I think it matters. I think that's what God's asked us to do. But when we worship the Sabbath more than we worship the giver of the Sabbath, when it becomes more important to us to keep the rules of the Sabbath— then when we see a person who's in agony and hurting to, to help them, because we might be breaking the Sabbath, Sabbath. by doing so, sure. well, that's when Jesus steps in and heals that person and says, I don't care what your dumb rules are about the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for humanity's benefit. And so, of course, we're going to help people on the Sabbath. Sure. Of course, we're going to do things that give life, that don't take life away from people, that don't have eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds sitting at home dreading Friday night (laughs) sundown and can't wait till finally the sun goes down on Saturday night. You know, if that's the way that we're doing the Sabbath, and I've done it that way, I've had my kids on occasion tell me that's how they feel about the Sabbath, and whenever I hear that, I know I'm not doing it right. Not doing it right, yeah. I'm doing something very, very wrong, because the Bible tells us very clearly uh, that the Sabbath is to be a delight, Yeah, that you will call it a delight. And if it's not, something's not right. Yeah, something needs to change in the routine or in the thinking. And I like the fact, though, that the focus is on relationship because that's going to go towards the other nine as well. I mean, if you just if you're just going to pick one, I mean, it doesn't have to be number four; it could be whichever one. And I mean, although those are a little less inconspicuous, I mean, murder. I mean, there's only so many ways you can <laughs> you can divide murder up. Where oh, remember the Sabbath? Oh, it's such a good segue into my sermon this, <laughs> this next week. week. You see, is it? Most people would expect that the next commandment would be the fifth commandment, which is honor your mother and father. But given the fact that uh, thou shalt not commit adultery fell on Mother's Day, I felt like it would be better <laughs> no, for us to didn't. just go ahead and move. Did you really? Well, that's when it was. That's what, if we were if, doing if everything. We were if we were doing, doing it in everything. chronological order, <laughs> then the uh, "Thou shalt not commit adultery" would fall on Mother's Day Sabbath, and I just felt like, you know what, moms don't deserve <laughs> they that. They don't need that. So, so I, I am moving the, the fifth commandment to Mother's Day weekend. Wow. And and so now we're just going to skip right to the sixth commandment, which so is so from the, here on out, expect me to not know what we've talked. You're going to be okay? really maximum. because we're going to be in week five and six, and yeah, it's going to be gonna three be, and four. It's going to be a little it's, messy it's for be. you there, but you know that's but. But that's what we're going to be preaching. You said there's only so many ways you can kill. My my sermon title my sermon title is Four Ways to Kill. <laughs> I so. saw that and I'm just like, oh man! As soon as he said, I was like, oh, I know. Okay, yeah, oh, I know it's coming. I, I know, know it's coming now. I know it's about to happen. And that's part of why, the, and even within Advent, the Adventist community, in certain, I mean, you go to the Midwest and the Sabbath is looked on very differently than it is here. Just in general, I mean, everyone, you can find people in different pockets everywhere you go of how Sabbath is kept. It may be more conservative, it may be more liberal approach to it, but it's almost like just your relationship with Jesus, when you just stop worrying about every little nitpicking detail that you can't do anything about anyway and just go, look, I, I, I don't know what to do with this, so... Uh, you have to you well, have to you have to take care of this for me. And if there's something I'm missing, kind of leaving the Sabbath in His hands. And when things feel right, trust that it's your relationship that's telling you that He's telling you that yeah, this is working for this is working. Or no, it's not. And let's let's rethink it. I think that's this whole idea of Sabbath keeping um, is a is a bit 
off-putting for me. I think if you were to ever say, I'm a really good vow keeper, <laughs> when, they, when, they, when they ask you about your, how's your marriage going? Really, I'm a really good vow, vow keeper. keeper. Oh. And instead of talking about you and your wife, I'm talking about the relationship. Yeah. But that's what we do. We identify ourselves by keeping the Sabbath or by being Sabbath keepers or by being titled Seventh-day Adventist. We go, you know what? We're better law keepers. And I think that's a horrible way to define this mm. relationship that we have. I really resonate with that. And that's, that's, you know, if you want to know how to keep the Sabbath, ask yourself if you're married or if you're dating somebody or if you've ever dated somebody— how would you feel if that person walked up to you and say, so, <laughs> what can I do when I go on a date with you? What yeah. can't I do? I mean, that'd be, you'd be like, you're weird. I'm not, no, oh, yeah. get away. I don't know what's going You. We all know what it means to go on a date with somebody that we care about. We all know what it means to spend time with someone we love. Yeah. And Sabbath is a time to spend time with someone you love. Mm. It's, it is a set-aside time. You know, I know Jeff and Tammy have a set-aside date night every week. Rochelle and I try to do the same thing. And the question is, do you look forward to that? If you love somebody, you do. do. And you yeah. don't sit there wondering, what, well, what can I do? Well, this is like... So just what's the least I can... How, 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 <laughs> you know, when will this be over? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know... And so, date night, that, date. but that's my point. If you love Jesus, just go spend some, some time, time with him on Sabbath. That's it. Just, that's it. just, just spend time with him. And and that's like it sounds like oh, but how do you do that? Like when I have a person, I know what that means to be with them. But just think in terms of your relationship. If you, you know, there's 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 some date nights where Rochelle and it's usually just the two of us. But there's other times where we'll invite a couple friend that we have to come along and and be a part of of what we're doing, go out to eat with us or do something. It's just fun to hang out with people that you you enjoy as well, yeah, and it's still yeah. time together. But the point is with Jesus is if you're going to have a date with him, what is it that's going to grow your relationship? Because that's what dates are about. That's what spending time together. It's about growing your relationship. So the question to ask yourself when it comes to the Sabbath is, what can I do today? What can I do on this Sabbath to grow my relationship with Jesus? Yeah. That's really what it's about. That's it. Well, and I think people— see how you keep the Sabbath. I mean, there's such an ingrained way to, to even say it. And I, and I agree with you, Jeff, when you, when you put it in those, in that context, it's like what people know. You start a job, you're like, Oh, you're a seventh day Adventist. Well, you don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't go out on Friday nights and you don't do, you know, yeah, you don't do X, Y, Z. It's everyone knows the don'ts. And yet when you present this as a totally different idea of, you know, that like you said, this is spending time with someone you love. This has been something that's been in place since the world has been here. And I really appreciate it. And my kids get it. My kids love Sabbath because we really do try. And there are days when like Ellie will be like, please tell me we're not doing anything after church. <laughs> She'll be like, I just want to go home and take a nap. And you're yeah. like, yes. Yes, I appreciate yes, you well. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I believe that is what we are doing. And then there's other times where everyone's just like, look, we got to go do something. Like we got to. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go to the West Coast and check out the the sunset. Uh, you know, over in, in the and and go to the beach over there and, and watch the sunset, or just do something together. Let's go for a walk. Let's go out in nature. Let's go for a hike. Let's do something. And I think those are the kind of memories that 
those are the social media memories that you make, even if you don't post them, where it's like, oh, but if you were, you definitely post them because it was a good day, right? Because yeah. we were all together. We had fun. We did things as a family. And those are the kind of things where we all want those. It's what we always look at someone else. Go, oh, look at what they were doing. Look what they were doing. Sabbath is your chance to do that every single week, really without without having to say, yeah. like, oh, man, do we have time for that? Yeah. You know, how are we going to squeeze that in all day Saturday? You know, you know it, and I think that there's the part where you can look at the freedom of it and go, I've got the whole day. I can skip church and hit out on the Harley if the girls are busy or doing something and I can get three hours by myself and just me and God with the wind. I'm a happy guy. I can get some serious thinking done and just some serious connecting. So it's just kind of how you see it. And when people see and go, well, that's not Sabbath. And I'm like, why not? Why is it? Right. And then it's like, oh, maybe it is. And I think the more we have fun and we embrace and we really show happiness because it really is the rest and the recharge that we need, it makes other people wonder. Yeah. And then it's an ask the question instead yeah. of, that's a weird thing to do. <laughs> so for those who may be looking for a good book to read out there oh, on the Sabbath, uh -huh. uh, Subversive Sabbath, Subversive Sabbath by a guy by the name of Swobda. Um, yep. Subversive the rest Sabbath. of God by Black... By the way, Heschel's... Uh, Abraham Heschel as yeah. well is kind of a classic, but yeah, yeah that that's good. So right. Subversive, Subversive Sabbath, Sabbath. yeah, that's Subversive really Sabbath, and then what else? The rest of God, the rest of God, the rest of Black. Uh, I can't remember who did Black, that. Black, Blackerby, Blackerby, I think. And then, I'll find it. And then Heschel is the one that wrote probably the def, one of the definitive, right? Um, from a Jewish perspective, from a on Jewish the perspective. Nice. Yeah. What's that one called? Uh I, I Sabbath. I think it's just. And maybe just Sabbath. It's, it's, a, classic. it's a classic. It um, is. Okay. If it's you think of it, text it to me, and I'll include those in the show notes. So swipe up, and you can check those out and get some Sabbath ring done. And then the one thing that I've learned, if there was the first thing that came to me when we I knew we were going to be going through Ten Commandments and conversations that you have with people who don't believe the same way are so can be so touchy, but they don't have to be. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be argumentative. They don't have to be a who's right, who's wrong. Uh, I've just found that people are so receptive to the Sabbath when you just tell them um, this kind of like what you did in your in your message. This 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 points to God at creation. This was Jesus, you know, ob the obedience. It matters, and and but it, but in a beautiful way, it matters, and it, it's a freeing thing, and it's a time to reconnect and do all the things we say we wish we had time for. A ton of that fits into Sabbath when you don't have to, you know, you can you the time is there to take. I just think that there's a really inviting way to for us to live on and through and with the Sabbath and with Jesus and with God. And I, I think it's really a lot more – I think people are looking for it, and I think it's a lot more enticing than we as Adventists give it credit for, maybe because the way we were raised, maybe the way we have heard other people maybe say things about it negatively. But I really think we miss a, a huge opportunity if we don't present it in a way that is beautiful because – the world really does, and there's a, and there's a lot of people that keep a a different day, or you know they keep Sunday, and they you know it's a little different than the way we do it. But there's a lot of people that are equally as convinced about it as we are. I found that out 
in a Bible study group where people were like, well, you're not supposed to tell anyone uh, Bible study fellowship. You know, don't tell anyone what your religion is. But all <laughs> these people are talking about the Sabbath. And they were like, hey, you know, you can't talk about the Sabbath because then everyone's going to know you <laughs> know that you're either a Seventh-day Baptist probably or a Seventh-day Adventist. <laughs> and yet when we got to the fourth commandment because we were studying Moses, it was like, well, yeah, yeah, well, we tell you, yeah, we don't, we, we don't watch TV. I mean, like all the things like the don'ts that I've heard yeah. growing up, a lot of other people grew up with too, and then have modified to do what they feel is right for their family. So I think it's something that we, we, we hold on to like it's ours, but it really isn't. Everybody that, has cultural practices that yeah. identify. And, and it doesn't need to be. Share them. it. Share the beautiful part of it. We live in a world that is going crazy with work. It is it is becoming more and more impossible to escape yeah. work. You, you know, our our cell phones tie us to it. You know, you can get a text message from your boss. You can get an email from your boss seven days a week, yep. anytime in the 24-hour period. And there's an expectation that you're going to go ahead and respond and go ahead and do something. And people are tired. Yeah, People are just tired. And... You know, you were talking about how inviting this this beautiful opportunity mm, yeah. to Sabbath is. You know, I taught religion to to nurse anesthesia students, and I taught specifically Adventist beliefs to a, a you know seventy of which usually sixty five <laughs> were not. not. Yeah. And out of all the Adventist beliefs that I taught, this is the one that I had the most people be like, I'm going to incorporate that into it's my, my life. life. Yeah. You know, I may not want to become a Seventh Adventist, but that sure. yeah. I need to take it because people are tired, <laughs> worn out. Yeah. And, and God knew we would be if we went seven days a week. He knew that. And he loves us so much. He loves us so much that he firstly gave us an opportunity not to kill ourselves at work. But secondly, and more importantly, he gave us the opportunity to remember him mm. and to be with him and to be in relationship and connection with him. And that really happens best when we go ahead and lay everything else aside and we don't just work it into an hour or two of the day, but when we yeah. really go ahead and just take that 24 hours just to to be still yeah. and know that that he is God and, and that he's with us. And that's the beauty of the Sabbath. It's just this incredible gift that that God has given. It's and and instead of turning it into a a burden and a demand, let's just remember what it is. It's a gift. Yeah. It's, it's a blessing. And I really feel like too, like there's a lot of um, so the Sabbath for me growing up was a lot of reading. Most of it was Louis L'Amour westerns, mind you. Oh, I didn't know you liked Louis. L'Amour. Oh yeah, I've oh, got, we need to talk about that. I've read I've read every <laughs> book he's had, and then some. That was the. You know, the kind of the sneak was, you know, put that inside of another book that you did. You read the, the Walking Drum. The Walking Drum is one of my favorites. I've okay, read that so like, you are a true like ten Louis times. Lamour. I'm really yeah. sorry, those of you that are listening right now. <laughs> I um, know, don't be sorry. Jeff, no or, idea or having... what they're talking about because I have absolutely no idea. You're not a Louis Lamour. No, no, what? no. Like you know, oh. and, then, and, then, and you would think that I would be because I was a please, big. Please cowboy. don't just please don't say Zane Gray. Oh yeah, don't say that. Don't, if, no. if, even if you are, just don't say it. Not even the same. Mm, not the same. Mm. <laughs> Have you read his manuscripts that his son ever released? Really <laughs> All right. So yeah. So <laughs> by the way, for those of you who don't know, very, fam- uh, very well, famous. very well known Western writer. But the Walking Drum is one of his few pieces that's uh, not in, of the, in, in of the, the of Great that, American West. It's a medieval story. So that's why I was testing to see what kind how of. You, how do you say the main <laughs> character's last name? 
in oh I can't even remember the name. It carries been so long since I read Kerbochard? Okay. K-E-R-B-O-U-C-H-A-R-D. And then Ellie's like, how do you pronounce that, Dad? Okay, this turned into a Western nerd <laughs> yeah, it is, it podcast. Is, it is, it is. <laughs> That's why people listen to us because right. <laughs> we're, we're very- just, You never know the squirrel. So if you are a Louis the Moore fan, if you'd like to just send us a note what your favorite book is, but favorite favorite Western. Favorite Western? Uh, like- it's been so long since I've read through his stuff. I mean, the obviously the, the classic that he did was Hondo, mm. right? That was one. Of, but there was another one that I I just can't remember. I have to say, okay, we will give this a rest soon. <laughs> no, but my, that was the point. Was I was I would read yes. anything but something spiritual. <laughs> yeah. And now uh, we were just on vacation, and <laughs> I, I know that, that was we your can point. That whole <laughs> and I've been and I've been reading. Um, a book about Abraham Lincoln and who was famously, you know, people thought he was an atheist, which I think at a time that was a pretty good tag that probably, probably he wore it with truth. And then, you know, his struggle with God. And if you've ever read the story of Abraham Lincoln, even in school, you know that he was a tortured soul. I mean, death and calamity followed him, yep. obviously ending in the, his assassination, but a very interesting book I've been reading. And usually the only time I get is I can sneak in between all right, everyone take a half an hour break before we go to the beach and rest. Get out my pages <laughs> and read. And it's like, you know, you do, you find that uh, just even something as simple as reading something that is searching and talking about God is even a, a little more impactful on the Sabbath. And uh, I just, something I really enjoy, something I recommend. So that was a long way around to get there, wasn't it? But uh, anyway, the other part I wanted, the other thing I wanted to say was, this is a chance for us, and everyone does the Sabbath a little bit different. We've discussed that already. But if you have a cool Sabbath tradition that your family does, whether it's food, whether it's a you know a timely get-together, Friday night, Saturday night, Saturday morning, an activity that you do, something that you really like, I'd love to hear your comments. We'll actually send them out on Twitter, at Whole Life O-R-L, and then we can all enjoy them and things that we can do and things you may not have thought of because – or you may be new and go like, I don't know about all this Sabbath business, but – Oh, here's, by the way, here's a couple of tips to just have some fun and get out in nature. Maybe that's your thing. Or maybe you're an indoors person and find yourself a good book. Anyway, would love to do that. 407-965-1607. Twitter at Whole Life O-R-L or email podcast at wholelife.church and I'll, I'll, I'll divvy them out. I'll send them out next week. Just let me know. So check for the book. Inside, we got three different books. Oh, what did you find the title was of that last one, Joe? The Sabbath. The Sabbath by... Just- Abraham Heschel. Abraham. Okay. So we'll put that up. So there'll be three books for you to reference in there and may, maybe a fourth one. We might throw that Louis L'Amour walking <laughs> drum because that's really good. I mean, if you're, if you're a, that's just really good. Move on. Move on. <laughs> I'm going to challenge, I'm going to get it for Jeff. Jeff I'm gonna doesn't, get, I'm Jeff gonna doesn't get, appreciate this. No, I'm going to get Jeff that book. So I'm going to go on Amazon and pick it up and send it to him. Oh, great. And it's only about this thick. So you'll super yeah. enjoy it. Anyway. He's going to Italy. He's got time. <laughs> He's got time. Ooh, so you got a plane ride. Yeah. Dude, yeah, t- I'll be. Be gone next week. Sorry, guys. Oh, oh. no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> Look at him. He's, he's over here. Smiling. He's not sorry. He's not sorry. All right. Here I thought we were going to have a short conversation today, and even minus the Louis L'Amour uh, offshoot, <laughs> you know, we're we're about normal. That's that's just the way it is. I just I just looked and I said I don't have a lot of notes because the me- and don't miss the message because it was the message was short, but it was as well said about the Sabbath in about ten minutes as you can get. 
and the music was wonderful. The video promo, Tammy put together this yep. wonderful video. Stanley did the amazing job editing it. Yep. And everyone that participated, Ruby, I don't think you're listening, but Ruby, you did the most amazing job of anyone in those videos. And so it was just a, it, it was just easy. It felt good. It really felt good to have a, just an amazing worship experience on Easter. And that's exactly what we had. So next week we're going to be back. Ken already spoiled it. It's going to be four ways to kill so we don't have to kill mamas and their psyches on Mother's Day. So (laughs) we're just switching it up a little bit. Four ways to kill. I'm interested in this now. And that's going to be episode 308. And so we'll be back. It's probably just going to be Ken and I unless we can round up. We can rope somebody else into it. Could we? Oh. So, hey, if you'd like to be a guest on next week's podcast, Tuesday afternoon, sometime between 1 and 4 is yeah, usually yeah. when it happens, just again, send a text or an email and we'll we'll have a guest we for next week. We always like guests. Yeah. yeah. If you'd like to do that, Actually, let me know. Actually, we always have room for a guest. There is always room yeah. for guests. So, you know, every once in a while now, we're just going to at random maybe just start doing it. So, if yeah. you want to be if you want to be on the show next week, Four Ways to Kill. Who doesn't want to be a part of that show? That's all I'm saying. So until next week, guys, have a great week. Oh, no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. Do not press stop. The one thing that I was going to start out with and that I was approached in the lobby by multiple people this week who said that they have been enjoying the podcast and they have been sharing it. And I just wanted to send out something really quick. In the last 28 days, we've had about 725 listens to the show. Okay. And in those last 28 days, 349 of those are unique listeners. Hmm. That means that someone, you guys are sharing the show because you're finding it willing to, you know, you're finding it. Enjoy Louis L'Amour discussions. That's right. You're finding those discussions being relevant. (laughs) So really in the last 28 days, half half of our listens have been from new people. And that's pretty awesome. That's and very awesome. I just wanted awesome. to say thank you and to continue to do that. And even we're up, even over the last 90 days, we're up over 12% from our, any of our regular numbers. And so just wanted to say thank you for sharing. And uh, at Whole Life ORL on Twitter is where everything goes out on a regular basis. Phil and I are going to talk about Instagram a little bit more, but I flood sometimes. So we will just continue to flood it there. So check it out, share it. And thanks so much for listening and just have a great week. 